What's up, everybody? Welcome to Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. If you are a repeat listener, what the fuck is going on? If you're brand new to the show, so happy to have you here. I'm just sitting down with interesting humans, trying to gain some perspective. Hopefully, you guys are gaining some perspective as well. And uh, yeah, man, we're just here for a good time. I do want to tell you real quick about my good friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. They make some of the best CBD products, bar none. If you are looking for CBD, if you are interested in CBD, definitely check them out. You can go to jumbocbd.com, check out their full line of products. Guys, they make hands down the healthiest shit you're going to find. Everything that they make is sent to a third-party laboratory for testing, so you know you're not getting any of the junk and none of the fillers. You, ac- you can actually, if you want to, go check out those results online. They post them on their site. So go, go over to jumbocbd.com. Use the code OUTSIDE when you check out. You'll save 20% off of your entire order. I absolutely love the Muscle Bomb. Their cinnamon spray is amazing as well. I think on all of their products, if you do, uh, they do buy two, get one free. So throw two in your cart. I bet you get that third one for free. And then again, just use the code outside. When you check out, you'll save 20% off of your entire order. And it helps the show because we'll get a small kickback as well. Again, jombocbd.com. Man, I'm sitting down with a guy that I've known for quite some time. Sitting down with my friend, my brother. Kirk Huff. I love sitting down talking to Kirk. There's been so many times where he and I have just sat and shot the shit and I'm like, man, we could be recording this and we finally made it happen. He's by far one of the the most honest and blunt like to the point. He's very blunt with his honesty. He just tells you how it is and how he's feeling. And I always like talking to Kirk. So he's a brown belt. I think we've been training about a decade together, and uh, he's he has his own gym. He competes uh, and coaches all over the world, all over the country on a regular basis. He's traveling and competing and coaching, and uh, man, this was just a good time. So without any further ado, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, the Huffster, Kirk Huff. Sometimes I got Kirk Huff, hmm. the Huffster. That's me, <laughs> bro. So you um, you just got. Why were you in Orlando? I refed a Fuji BJJ tournament. Oh, nice! You went down there just for refing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's dope. You do a lot of work with Fuji, right? They sponsor you. Yeah, they sponsor me, and then uh, I ref one pretty often. Nice. A few times a year. I never know. It's like I was like a Wednesday night. JW was like, "Hey, can you ref?" I'm oh, like, nice. Sure, I can. So they cover your hotel and travel. Mm-hmm. They give you a per diem, or how's that work? They just give you a flat fee for oh. being there. He bought dinner for everybody. It was pretty nice. They flew us down there. I think it was the tournament was like kind of um, a few things fell through. They had to piece some things together. To yeah, get it going so. Dude, none of those go as smooth as you would like. No, you know, even if like you think about like trying to run one, like everything falls apart on those things. Yeah, yeah, I've worked through the process before, like just. Uh, in it's there's so many pieces. Mm-hmm. There's so many pieces. Yeah. You uh, I can't I can't make a tr- clean transition from that. But how's Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not enjoy it this time as much as like previous times I've been. Is it because you're competing? Maybe that was a factor. Yeah. Then um, it seemed like there was traffic everywhere I went, and. Just didn't, I didn't I didn't plan it as well. I didn't really I wasn't sure if I was doing it and then a few weeks out I kinda decided to do it. Yeah. So then yeah, it was poorly planned. Is this your first year doing IBJJF for real? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. you had all that issue trying to get registered and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about them making everybody register. I mean, I get the pros and cons. I really do. Like I've talked to Tracy about it, and he's like, yeah, man. He's like, but if I know if my money's going to, like, these rings or, you know, giving recognition to some of the legends and, you know, 
I mean, there's got to be somebody who's who's doing it, right? But it's it's like, ah, oh, man, well, they did it where you had to be a black belt, and then they included brown belts, and then they included purple belts, and now it's everybody that has to pay a fee to compete. It's like, golly. Like, it is weird that they're like the global sanctioning body of jiu-jitsu, but they're just a privately ran company, yeah. a for-profit company, but they're like the gold standard yeah. of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And... That's weird. They can do whatever they want. You know who mm-hmm. else is like that or what else is like that? The NCAA. Yeah, that's real shady, right? Dude, that's a private organization, and like that's governing the entire country for collegiate athletics, essentially. Yeah, and who makes money there? They do. They don't. Huh. An- they don't answer to anybody. Right. That's like who? What's their drug testing policies? What's their policies on this? I guess because it's almost like a private thing. They you almost don't. There's a lot of gray areas. Yeah. Way. Yeah. There's not very much transparency going on. I think that's the same thing with IBJJF. Well, here's the fucked up thing about that. And um, I don't know if I lean one way or the other. I'm not a fan of paying the fee. But what I have seen with my own two eyes is that there is some favoritism going on within that organization. And it usually favors the nationality of Brazil. That's, you know, that's the running running joke, you know. <laughs> the Brazilian guy ties his belt. Like, two points. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, well, last year at Worlds... Uh, I was watching a match, and dude gets a takedown, gets the two points, controls the entire match, doesn't get swept. I don't. Maybe they stood back up at some point, mm-hmm. but the other dude never got a reversal or sweep or takedown. But he had two points on. Two points magically appeared on the fucking thing, and then it ended up going into maybe overtime or well, no, ref decision. Yeah, and, and the other guy won on an advantage or some bullshit. Yeah. But it's like he didn't even get the two points in the first place. Yeah. Um, I've seen – This was in the finals. What I deem good and bad calls on both sides. The only time I feel like I really got some bad call was in Orlando. Oh, uh, yeah. Like the guy got hit with stalling two times, and, like, he he just back up off the mat, back up off the mat. And I was like, you know, the next one's a DQ, and they just never – Never gave it to him. That was the only time where I was like, man, that I got – done dirty but i've seen i've seen good and bad and it's a really hard score the sport right score yeah. Yeah. i wouldn't want to be a ref like i wouldn't want to do what you do on a regular basis like you ref all the time i wouldn't want to do yeah that. and like when especially if it comes to referee's decision no matter what like You're someone's gonna be upset and someone's gonna be happy no like, matter what you, there's no way around it yeah and like no matter who you say all right i'm gonna raise this guy's hand and honestly like i try to be as fair as i possibly can like yeah. i kind of goes like whoever comes the closest to scoring yeah but you have to you're the guy that has to raise someone's hand yeah and you're human you mm-hmm. know what i mean and there's a lot going on and those days get long yeah i do like how the ibjs kind of like switches rest because your eyes get tired like i called the match this weekend where there was like a takedown and the other coach was like oh that wasn't a takedown i was like i can see her arguing that but like in that moment, I felt like it was a takedown. Yeah. But I can see why you're arguing about it. Yeah. But, like, boom, in the moment, I had to make a call. Yeah, you're human. Yeah. You got to make a choice. There's no instant replay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day. We're seeing this huge transition in the sport. It is a little weird. That's like uh, I, like baseball umpires that are calling those strikes. When are we going to do away with that human element, you know? Yeah, I think they're starting to. Do they? Yeah, I know there's instant replay on, like, some of the bases. Yeah, I saw that. I think I was watching a game the other day, and I saw them review it, and I feel like that was the first time I ever saw that. Yeah. I remember football. It's always been a thing. But here's the rub with that is it really slows down the process. Imagine doing it, doing reviews at, like, Worlds. Dude, oh. it, it would take all fuck a day. Unless maybe you only implement reviews for, like, black belts in the finals. Mm-hmm. You know, like, these strict parameters. Like, in football, for example – like, uh, I think with inside two minutes, the only reviews can come from is the booth. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, so you have to have these parameters to do it. Maybe do that. For jiu-jitsu? It's like such a hard sport to score. And you know there's like different scoring systems for every organization. Yeah, dude. We got all these different organizations popping up and these different styles of jiu-jitsu. Sub only. I rough sub only tournaments too and that's really easy. For, like, from a stop. reference standpoint. I like those better actually. I kind of wish they would take the precedent but I don't think they will. I heard statistically that like 
There's with more the, finishes. There's more finishes with points because, like, it makes sense. You get a takedown, and then, like, you have to open up to some degree, and you can get caught. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense. And you see a lot of people stalling. Like, uh, the EBI rules, you see people, you know, gaming the system hardcore. Yeah. Well, you're going to do that, I think, with any system of competition. Oh, absolutely. As soon as you figure out the rules, you're like, how do I win? Yeah, how do you win? Like, I didn't know. And I think we both could have benefited from You only had, like, five minutes of time the, between your matches at Worlds. That, the, was, that happened to me last year. Someone told me. I think it was Neil. He's like, man, they did you just like they did Adam. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I had four minutes. That's it. And did your guy have a bye the first round? Mm. Dude, what the fuck? What? Um, you know what I found out, though? When Did you listen to the Nick Sanders podcast? I think we talked about this. Is that you get 20 minutes? Dude, yeah, bro. Leave the fucking bullpen. Walk away. They'll call you three times before they disqualify you, and they'll give you mad time. And be- Now, if they could disqualify you super fast, that's some fucked up shit, right? That means they're doing some shady shit. But from my understanding, you got like 20 to 30 minutes. So what if you had to like go take a shit real fast or something, dude? Like I got to right. I gotta go, bro. I got to go do this. Yeah, that's what I should have done. But I know. I learned that lesson, I got, too. Uh, when I was going through the bullpen, they called me on my belt, and it was the slightest little nick. <sighs> And I could see the look because I was one of the first matches. There's like two or three people. Yeah. And like the first one, she's like, fine. She examined the next one a little bit more. She really kind of got after the next guy. And she's like, all right, I'm getting this guy. Did you have to buy a new belt? Yeah. It was only 15 bucks. But oh, like I, it was stressful that I had to run around and I found a booth and I was like whipped out my credit cards. Like whatever it is, it's only 15 bucks. That worked out. Yeah. I was like, thank God. Dude, I was worried about that last year. I borrowed. Uh, somebody's gi and took it with me, which I actually ended up using because my patch on the back of my other gi wasn't on there good enough. Mm. And uh, I knew they'd call it for me, like on me, so I didn't want to have to deal with that. But uh, my belt was tattered, and there's some white showing. So you know, I took a fucking purple Sharpie, and I colored it in. <laughs> that worked? It did. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it, dude. I'm just, I don't want to buy a new fucking belt. Like, this is crazy, dude. I like that tattered belt. I don't want to spend money on this belt that I'm going to use, like, one time. Well, I had a, I had a pretty rough-looking belt in Chicago, and I got there, and I was like, yeah, somebody. I mean, I thought I had one, then I was like, man, I only got this belt. I'm like, eh, someone might have it. Then, like, no one had a belt. Then I drove 45 minutes north of Chicago to a store that's on Google, said it was open. It wasn't open. open. Oh. I drove back, and I sat there. I was like, well, I guess I'll just go down there and get DQ'd. And then the guy passed me. He's like, man, next time you need a yeah. belt. I was like, thank God. They're probably less strict on those regional Yeah, shows they're, I, they're way more. Well, Worlds is better. the deal. Like, you got to. Yeah, but who who's going to be like. Oh, he didn't beat me. His belt's faded. He gives a shit about that. Right. I think that's, like, the best thing, like, especially a black belt. Like, that's the goal until my black belt turns white. <laughs> Keep training, bro. Like, how do I mean, goes? I do dislike, you know, some of the, the policies, like the belt, but, like, I give them respect because they set that standard and they keep they, it no matter they what. They don't adhere, yeah. yeah. I can dig that because, I mean, sometimes you just call draw lines in the sand. And, it's just and they like, do. These I mean, are, I don't know the if they're always fair, you know, but they definitely do. Yeah. What's it? What is it to register? You, I, I know uh, it's fresh on your mind. What is it to register? Not for the tournament, but for IBJJ. I think just forty dollars a year. Oh, that's not bad. Tra- so no, they're coming to KC, which I is cool. That, I think yeah. they don't come to St. Louis just because it's close to Chicago. You think they don't do it, or you think maybe we'll? I don't know. We'll, I've heard like you know people saying rumors like, hey, they're they're testing the market in KC. So maybe I de- they're opening up to more and more cities because what Nashville came last year, then there was. Uh, the Twin Cities. Yeah, Twin Cities is a big one. I didn't go that. I wish I would have. Hopefully go this year. But they're opening up to more and more cities. I feel like they're definitely growing. There's definitely a market here, but mm-hmm. tons of people from here are going to go to KC for right. sure. I mean, that's that's a shorter drive than Chicago. Yeah, it is. Uh, but I, I, they're probably going to draw a good crowd from Omaha. You know, that's only two and a half hours from Omaha. I don't know how far from, you know, Colorado yeah, that's school. Yeah, that's not far at all. It's more centrally located probably than St. Louis. Yeah, from the aspect of some of those other states. Schools that don't have tournaments. Yeah. And they they already go to Chicago, what, three times a year? You know, the spring, fall, maybe just two. Yeah, I know twice for sure that they go to Chicago. 
but I, that's I if I'm gonna do like a local tournament, I pretty much only do Chicago ones. Really, the turnout's well, so you know much you're better. Gonna, yeah, you know you're gonna get a good turnout there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're getting people probably from Wisconsin, yeah. maybe Minnesota. I don't know if that's closer. Yeah, or not. Green Bay. I'm going against people from Green yeah, Bay. Yeah, you're gonna get Iowa, Illinois, Missouri. Like you're gonna get a good, maybe even Ohio. I don't know how close that is. Indiana for sure. Ohio's like a little hotbed of jujitsu. Is like, it? There is a lot of good jujitsu. Well, the Arnold's is there every year, and for the longest time, that was like one of the biggest tournaments mm-hmm. in the year, and that was and Naga. I went, I went last year, and it's like they, this year was the biggest tournament they've had in like 10 years, I think they had. Dude, I think this year was like one of the biggest turnouts for Arnold in period as a whole Really? this past year. Yeah. Well, we were just talking to Matt Owen, who owns this Project Deliverance here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was up there competing mm. uh, for weightlifting. Right. But, uh, yeah, he was saying it was, like, one of the biggest turn- – he was just saying it's, like, one of the biggest turnouts they've had. And I, I don't know if maybe the Arnold's just, like, on a resurgence and it's coming back. Like, maybe had a little lull, a little lull there for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I think, like, you know, fitness culture is on its rise, too. You see how many people are that are getting into, like, yeah. fitness more as a trend. And well, the science is supporting it. Like, we're learning more and more shit all the time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But <sighs> – I do like gi more than no gi, I found. I do like no gi, but I really love the gi. And I've noticed that uh, the point system lends better to gi than it does to no gi. And, like, the submission only seems to really be dominated by, like, the no gi scene. Mm, Yeah, I think, like, the reaping of the knee and the sub-only tournaments and different schools that, you know, go for more and more heel hooks. Yeah. Kind of play in the no gi. You have a preference? Um, that's a tough one. I I feel like I I do better in no gi sometimes. Like I I feel like at the end of a gi match, I'm always exhausted. Well, that's I, what my takeaway from Worlds is. Was like m- maybe the game I was playing was more suited for like one match. <laughs> well, dude, I was exhausted too, bro. And some of that's just like forearm being like my forearms were blown out for me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think some of that's just nerves and the intensity and like maybe not being all the way warmed up. And, like, maybe – and this is just, like, assessing my performance last year, whereas it's it's easy to relax in the practice room just because the whole environment lends to it. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it in certain positions, it's like I feel like I was tense the whole time for five whole minutes as opposed to where, like, I'm pretty good at, like, I can usually hold a pocket grip for a solid five minutes, no problem, and not be super burned out. But it's knowing when to, like, apply that pressure. You know what I mean? It comes, yeah, I think that comes with experience. Exactly, now. right? Yeah. So it's like I think when I'm in, at least whenever I was in Worlds, like I was tense the whole time, and I didn't take those moments to relax where I normally would have. I mean, like my, my first match was super close. I Like I got down an advantage in the beginning, and then in order to catch back up there, I'd like empty the tank at the end, and I finally got a pass, and I knew. I was like, Ooh. Yeah, this took everything. Dead. Took yeah. everything I got. The guy was strong. He, one time he snapped me down. And I was, he almost bounced my face off the mat. I was like, oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> 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 well, do you think that maybe because, you, you know, wrestling is the background, like that it naturally lends to Nogi, so there's a better comfort level there? Yeah, that's like because I did well to Chicago Open Nogi, and that was my first Nogi one, and I was like – I got off the mat and I wasn't tired, and you know, like I kept good position, I stayed calm, and I think probably both of us just so much MMA training, like doing yeah. MMA for so long, probably has an advantage over a lot of places that don't, especially IBJJF. I feel like most people train mainly in the gi and they do no gi, maybe for the pans or the worlds. Yeah. So they're not like full time no gi guys. Yeah. And probably the guys that really dedicate themselves to no gi are doing maybe different tournaments. Those guys are killing it, bro. I went against a young savage, Will Tackett. I've talked about him several times, but the kid. I've, I've heard the name. Well, the kid's blue belt beating black belts. That happened. Um, I think he's a purple belt now, but at the time, he was like a 17-year-old blue belt. And I wish I would have took this kid serious because I faced him at on it. And uh, not to say like he would have wouldn't have won regardless, but yeah. like from my own internal piece, like it, you feel better knowing that like you competed at your best and lost as opposed to like because we what happened was. I flew down there the day of the tournament. Like, woke mm-hmm. up, like, 4 in the morning. Flew, barely even slept the night before because it's so hard to sleep whenever, like, you know you have to wake up early and, like, go travel. 
I was just so exhausted by the time I competed. But like this kid, and I, and what, I don't know if it would have changed anything. That's not the point. But this kid is a fucking savage, and he's won no gi worlds probably three or four times already. But he hasn't won Gi World yet. Mm-hmm. Now, does that say something? You know what I mean? Like, not to say there aren't guys out there who can. Like, I think, like, Gordon Ryan. He could probably go put on a Gi and win Worlds if he wanted to. And Yeah. I think it's easier in some regards for a Gi guy. To, and we're, oh, for we're sure. talking about the rule set. All right. So, like, for the IBJJF without reaping in the knees and heel hooks, it's easier for those guys to go and do Nogi. And you look at the guys competing, like, Nogi terms are always smaller in the IBJJF. Yeah. Well, I think it's because it's easier to go from Gi to Nogi because all you're doing is taking away mm-hmm. grips and stuff. Yeah. As opposed to adding them back in. Yeah. Like, the guys that start with, like, in an MMA gym or Nogi, and then you have them, they hate putting on the Gi for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, fuck, get this thing off me. I remember that. There's some, it's like, God, they're just grabbing me. And they're yeah, breaking my posture. It's like, get the fuck off me, bro. <laughs> now when I go like do nogi, I feel like I'm always like looking for grips, and I'm like, they're not there. Yeah, they're not there anymore. Yeah, we gotta do more. We don't do a lot of nogi at our gym. We gotta do more nogi. Yeah, you, know, you know, I was thinking like we always do the gi open rolls. Like it'd be cool to do like a, a nogi. nogi open roll. Yeah, dude. Well, I've been focusing on just using nogi grips when I have my gi, which is even harder because the grips are there and it's easy to like revert back to that. Yeah. But, like, I'll only grab wrist and I'll only grab, like, I'll hook, like, elbows and triceps. Right. I think that's a good logic. A lot of times I've, I've said that don't really rely upon that grip unless you have to because those tend to fail or late in a the tournament. They might not be there. That's why um, mm-hmm. people that rely heavy on their grips, like, it's as for a tournament setting, like, eight, nine matches, that might not be the, the, the way to go. Yeah. Because, like, you – not only do you have to, like, have a good strategy in your approach, like, but if your game takes a lot of energy, like, you're on bottom and you're, you're fighting all these grips, like, your grips could burn out. Yeah. Especially if it's a big tournament. Yeah. You might be in trouble. I feel like with my pocket grips, I've gotten to a very efficient place to where I can I can hold that for probably 10 minutes and not burn out so. my – my forearms because you got that leverage yeah. and it, it took me time to get there. Right. Like doing those seven minute rolls and 10 uh-huh. minutes. Like it's like, but like if I really had to stretch it, I think I could probably go a solid 10 minute roll and not be completely gassed out. And it's just because of like using leverage and just like holding this position isn't that hard. So like once I have this, then it's just like you're pulling against yourself once you get a good pocket in there. Sometimes like I'll just take a grip that doesn't even make sense if I'm, rolling with someone like a beginner or new and I'll just try to grip it as hard as I can just for the workout sake or like I try yeah. to pull their posture down I'm like I'm getting a workout too well, <laughs> dude, you gotta figure out a way to get yeah, your rolls try. Yeah, I'm wary about even rolling with white belts these days I never thought I'd get to that place but like I don't like to roll with white belts there's a very select few I will it almost makes me feel like an asshole in open roll days because like now I really am picking and choosing who I'll roll with it used to be just like yeah let's roll let's roll but mm-hmm. I don't want to get hurt yeah, it's and, not worth know, it. I try to limit like the bigger guys I go with too. Yeah, size matters, dude. I had this dude who's in with three hundred pounds want to roll with me. There, he's a white belt. I'm just like, I'm like, sure, dude. And I feel like it, I felt bad mm-hmm. because like I obviously didn't want to roll with the guy. Yeah. I rolled with him. He's probably like honestly probably like two seventy five. Yeah, tall kid. Like he's not like obese, but he's a big dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, dude. I don't want to get hurt. Yeah, I, I kind of, my knee hurts right now because I was like, I was in bottom half guard and I was trying to reposition. The guy just put enough weight on. I was like, ah. But you look much. like a jerk. If like, hey, you come up to me, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I know. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you got to be. Dude, but is it is it worth being the nice guy and getting hurt and then affecting your own training? I think sometimes like if I go with a bigger guy, I play I have. I'm now forced to play a game I never play in competition. Like Yeah. Oh, you know, like, my move is, is, like, if you're a big guy, I really don't want to, I just kind of put you in 50-50 and stay there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's good to maybe, I don't know, do that if you are in, like, a real-life situation with somebody bigger. Right. It's good to go with those guys. Cause, and here's the thing. On the flip side, if, like, Kyle, Kaylee, like, yeah. you know, I'll go with Kyle. I'll go with Kyle, every, too. Every fucking, but he's experienced. Yeah. And that makes the difference. I don't want to get hurt. Like, I'm I'm weary about white belts. I'm even worried about some blue belts these days because, like, you feel the need to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you do. You feel the need to finish a submission. Um, you don't feel validated unless you get that tap. And it's not about the tap. Yeah. It It is weird. And, like, a lot of people will just go strictly to, you know, try to kill you right off the bat. 
And some of that's like fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So you're going to fight. But it's just like, man, in the beginning, and I was just thinking about this heavily, like, you know, you hear the, there's the common uh, saying like submission before, or position before submission, right? Like yeah. control the position before mm-hmm. you go for the submission. Like yeah. I've heard that before, but it didn't really resonate with me until very recently when I was thinking about it because like that really is so fucking true because these younger guys, like there's so much information coming at you. Mm-hmm. Like you really shouldn't even be worrying about submissions in the beginning. You need to be worrying about control and positions. Right. Because once you control that position, then you can sink in the submission easily and no one's going to get hurt. And you're for sure going to have it and you're going to have it well. Mm. Yeah, I think it's super important to understand the the positions and not just some random technique that you learn in class. Like on the baseball bat choke, I was rolling the other day and this guy, like all he was trying to do is like, baseball check i'm like i've mounted you like and you're still like trying to go you got to abandon it but at yeah some point. You, i think it's like this sounds weird but like sometimes people get really caught up on the technical aspects of the sport where like it's like trying to understand the positions like like my philosophy on like coaching is like you can get the points all right like if you can start up by two points, do it. You know, whether it's a sweeper, and then like, it's very psychological. Like, okay, now I'm ahead by two points. Say uh, we were matching, you take me down, you're on top of me, all right, and you're trying to pass my guard. I'm trying to sweep you, and I see that clock running. I'm like, oh, I gotta get desperate. And the more time goes down, the more desperate I get. The more likely you you already have an advantage being up by two points. Yeah. Because now, like, if whatever I'm going to doesn't work right away. I get more and more desperate, and I get more and more open. Yeah. That clock, you know, plays hell with your psyche. Yeah, you're making you're a like, mistake. Yeah. And, like, I've even had, like, other coaches get in my head. I was, like, in New Orleans, and the guy was beating me by a few points. Like, he's tired. He wants out of there. I'm like, no, I'm, no, I'm not. <laughs> Dude, I'm I trying hate, to win. I hate, when they, <laughs> <laughs> I hate when they start coaching against me, bro. It's like, it does make I was going to go for that motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I, and – uh. I try to get people to make eye contact with me. If they can control position, look at me, and I can maybe give a gesture as opposed to shout out, hey, look for his arm, because then it goes. Yeah. One time I was doing, I, I was, it was a boxing match, and the guy would throw whatever his corner yelled. They're like, throw one, two. And he, second later, he'd throw one, two. I'm like, bro, <laughs> I got a cheat code here. <laughs> dude, yeah, they're just giving you what they're about yeah. to do, bro. Dude, dude. Well, now we're seeing the uprising of, uh, of combat jujitsu, right? That's so, so you talked about how, like, you know, we've done MMA for so long, yeah. and like, once you start doing things, when you do MMA, and then you go to like boxing or you go to jujitsu, I always say it's just jujitsu. Like, I just removed all these other things, and I'm not gonna get hit in the face. Like, yeah, it's super relaxing. But now they they added slaps, dude. Open palm slaps hurt, dude. You can fuck people. Boss Rutten used to knock people out with open palm strikes back. I don't know how I'd react if I'm on top of you and you open hand smack me from bottom, right? Or anything like I'm gonna get smacked by a man in public. I don't know if I'm just a punch him or yeah. I don't know if I like that. I'd have to really think about doing. It is funny to smack people. I've been fucking around a little bit, doing a little bit of. just a little bit of movement because I've been training Jackson Henson, mm. <laughs> and we've been sparring. So sometimes I'll come with this and I'll smack him because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to hurt him. Right. But it's like, dude, you just got hit, bro. Yeah, like, that <laughs> that's a huge element that you see with people that cross over in the MMA. In the second, like, ooh, they get hit there and they're not used to it. Yeah, yeah. but in my mind, I'm like, I just smacked you, haha. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, being <laughs> just being silly. I don't think I want to be smacked, but fuck, dude. Uh, I think EBI is going full. That's the only yeah, thing they're doing. That's the transition, or yeah. th- oh, that's the only thing they're doing now. They're not. I'm not sure. I saw like the something about an EBI tournament. It seemed like it was just strictly combat jujitsu. Oh, well, man, Eddie Bravo's a dude. He's a he's a very um, forward thinking kind of guy. He definitely ruffled a lot of feathers with the way he does jujitsu. Yeah, um, good marketer. I'm not mm-hmm. mad at him. I'm not mad at him. I mean. I've man, like you know, a lot of times people joke about like tenth playing guys not being that good, but like if you good, go bro. if you go to a lot of these sub tournaments and the, some of the intricate leg locks things they're doing, I'm like, ooh, that's scary. Yeah. Well, say what you want about the guy, he really did revolutionize jujitsu in his own way for sure because he really put leg locks to the forefront. You know what I mean, like. 
at that tournament I was at in the finals was uh, one of the guys was a 10th Planet guy. He actually won it. Kyle Chambers, mm. I think is his name. He's 10th Planet Oceanside guy. Like, they have a lot of good guys. Dude, on the coast especially, dude. Mm. On the coast especially. I just noticed like in the Midwest we don't have that no-gi culture. Like it's just not it's not a Midwest thing. Like I've noticed it on the coast. It's down in Austin. Yeah. Um, but it's not really here. We're more gi. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. probably right. It's really, I don't know. John Donaher, obviously, like all New those York. dudes, like like they're making it pretty big. Um, they're like the next wave. Yeah, it's you know who's in who's in charge, who's making waves now. It seems like Hinto's guys up there Fuck seem it. to be doing doing very well. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and I mean now you got the the emerge immersion uh, emergence emergence of these five on five tournaments. What do you think about those? Um, yeah, like, cause you know, that one came up on in St. Louis. I don't even know if it's happening. Sub five. Yeah. So I think what it is, um, it, it was going to be at the North County Recplex and right. I think they're going to be bigger. So they had to postpone That's it cool. and yeah, I don't know where it's going to be at, but it's going to be like at like a big ass location. I, uh, I like the strategy of it. Like, you know, you pay your team and you can, uh. Because it, it appears if you have the hammer, the best guy that beats everyone, you're gonna win. Yeah. Well, that was a was it quintet where I can't. Remember. But I just I saw the rules that if you like both uh, stall out, like you both don't get the submission, you both are out. I think so. That's pretty cool. So like maybe you might have that guy that like just can't get subbed. Yeah. <laughs> like go out there and don't get subbed. Yeah. That but, that's not gonna work. But it's almost like because uh, uh, like. But if it's you have one fucking savage, yeah. If you if you got one killer, you're gonna do well. Yeah. But I like the like the strategy aspect of it. Yeah, like really putting together. I don't a team. really like EBI overtime. I, I don't yeah, really we've know. talked about that. That's not your jam. Uh, no, I, I think it all came off of, like I did one in Chicago and I like was all over this guy and had him in so many submissions and he escaped real fast in overtime and I lost. I was like. I don't feel like I lost this at all. Yeah, you think he just like stalled out? And oh yeah, I was like, and now I think like in bigger turns they hit stalling faster and yeah. stuff. But dude, that's the gaming of the system, bro. Oh, I I just roughed one in Vegas, and there was a kid in a triangle. It seemed like an eternity, and like the tournament director came was like, "Hey, there's no stalling if they're in a submission." So I sat there and watched that guy in a triangle for like ever. That's but true. I think that's fair. I mean, you're in a position of dominance yeah. with a with the possibility of finishing. Yeah. Right. I mean. But the top guy, he like he had his arm back and he was defending it. Oh, uh, and it was obviously like a stalemate. You yeah. It was, yeah. It was like stalemate. Someone him. had to take a chance. Mm. Yeah. That's what I've realized that uh, as you develop, like at least for me, I've realized that the way to get to the next position is you have to let things develop and you have to let go of the previous position. Win the bail. You know? Win the bail. Yeah. Or like sometimes people will be like they think they're passing my guard, but like I have this underhook. Mm -hmm. So it's like I'm just taking your momentum and I'm letting it develop. But if I wanted to try to hold you in this position, I'm not letting the next position develop. Yeah. Like how many times do people just hold on to positions until it's too late, and now you have to bail, and now you just went past the point of no return. That's like uh, when like I'm training and rolling. Sometimes it's like I could stall out here and grind it out and maybe pass, but like I could get more out of it if I just open up and keep open up. Exactly. I try to at least. Yeah. So, like dude. try not to let the the ego be like, "Where I just want to win." Yeah. You compete a lot. Yeah. The, I tr I tried to in the summers as much as I can. Yeah. Is that just because, like, you're not uh, taking, like, the fights and the boxing matches and anything anymore? You're just trying to stay stay competitive? I just like competing. Yeah. Um, during the summer, it's, like, it's something to do. And, like, you know, MMA, say you go out and you, you lose an MMA fight, you, like, it sucks for, like, ever until your next one yeah. like if you go and uh lose you're like oh well there's next weekend because like <laughs> i can go I, I did it in orlando i i got arm barred in like 15 seconds oh. like i drove 16 hours for that <laughs> and then like the weekend after i did great yeah so you're like okay i'm so awesome yeah that's <laughs> dude that's true that's the difference between sports like baseball where like yeah. they have like 100 plus games or i don't know something where there's only like a 12 game season or some shit like you, you gotta have a short memory if like you harp on the those Losses. Yeah, like, oh, I'm terrible. Yeah, but 
that's what's cool about jiu-jitsu. There's always another match, and you can always do well. And sometimes you get in a little run. Like, before that time I got armbarred, I was like, I won my last five or six matches. I'm like, God, I'm the man. Feeling like, good. No, nope. <laughs> 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 I'm not. Dude, the universe has a way. Yeah, they all. that's <sighs> what's cool about the sport. It always kind of brings you back. You think about taking another fight ever? Yeah, yeah. it's it's definitely crossed my mind with, like, running the gym and everything. It's definitely, like, got to get your, your ducks in a row, but... The thing I fear the most is like in like five or six years when I'm truly too old to do it, when you'd be really like, done. oh, I could have. Yeah, I thought about that too. Like I don't really miss fighting, but sometimes I've always kind of kept the perspective that you really can't do this forever, which right. is one of Scary. the things that drove me to like keep yeah. pushing and say, listen, dude, you really do only have a limited window. And for us, it's probably what some people go longer, but let's just say 35 36 yeah. what are you th you're 31 right yeah so five years right let's just say five years that's not long bro like we've been doing this for a decade <laughs> yeah you know there was like a few goals that like i wanted to check off before you know i i said it's all all done but man it is a stressful situation like yeah i almost want to do it like in another country or somewhere else <laughs> where, like you don't have to sell tickets or any of that just go fight yeah like if i'm in the backstage of river city Friday night, and they're like, somebody dropped off Kirk, where you fight? I'd absolutely do it. Yeah. But if you give me, like, hey, in six months we fight, I'm like, oh, man, that seems like a lot of stress on your shoulders. It's not natural, bro. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not natural. It's stressful as shit. And you're like, I, I obsess over it, and mm -hmm. it's just, like, consumes your life, and it's like, yeah, it's not that much fun. Jiu-Jitsu is a little more laid back, and uh, yeah, I get to focus in other ways other than. Right. Well, just think about it. If you're really going to fight out in the world, you're not going to plan it. It's right. just, just going to happen. Yeah. If you put a time and a date, like, okay, I'm going to meet this guy at this time. You're like, you sit there and just dread it and think about I it. I just obsess over it. I just think about this guy. But, like, you're sitting there and then your heart starts racing out of nowhere. No, but like, he's probably running. I know. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> well, for a while there, you are taking a ton of boxing matches. I did do a lot of boxing, yeah. I, I, I had a lot of fights as an amateur. So, Dude, yeah. yeah. You're taking quite a few pro boxing too, though. How many pro boxing matches? I think that's seven. That's a good amount. Yeah, it's a good amount. Yeah, dude. I won my first three. That was pretty cool. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Boxing was really cool because again, it was you don't get as beat up. Like obviously the you don't blows, think the blows to the head you do. Yeah. But like as far as like training for an MMA fight, like picking your body off the mat, and getting your joints twisted. But like yeah. The boxing training Leg is almost like, uh, it's more fun, other than the getting punched in the head. Well, there's only one thing to think right? about. Yeah. And from a mental aspect, that was always so much better than MMA because, like, oh, I don't got to worry about legs. You did box, too, didn't you? I did sure. box. Yeah. yeah I, had a, I had one pro kickboxing and uh, two. I think I only had one pro boxing, but I had, like, three or four amateur boxing. Yeah. I really focused on MMA for the most part. I've done everything. I had one, I I did an amateur Muay Thai fight. Was some, that in Omaha? Yeah, I was there. Were you? Yeah, you drove up with Quentin late. Like yeah, you drove up late. You drove like the day of. Yeah, me and Joe were there. Yeah, Joe was there. You were there. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. Was Dude. it the storm? The time it stormed. Yep. Man, yeah, I went against this guy who was like six foot, and yeah. he fucked I, up my sternum. I want ooh, I do. I won fighter of the night. That was pretty cool. Yeah, but you the, fought. Yeah, I remember. Then. uh the bag that someone put my bag outside in the storm and it was raining super yeah, everything hard. got ruined yeah we were outside in that tent mm -hmm. like the storm was coming down like you could see the storm in the distance and i was like there's a big metal pole right by the ring i'm like there's a way they're gonna have me fight it's like you're next <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i remember that was a good show it was a good card actually. yeah they said that was the ring wars in omaha and they they i don't think they do the fights anymore up oh, there really? on the uh, September days or whatever, September fest. Yeah, I don't know. That was cool though, cause they that was the only place where there was like pro Muay Thai fights. Back yeah, in the day. I think Drew Dober fought on that card. He did. Yeah, yeah. I remember he fought two Warren. Can't believe I'm remembering this. Well, maybe you haven't taken as many headshots as you thought, bro. Oh, you ever worry about that CTE? We've taken um, a lot of headshots. Right, because I've had probably six, I think I did the math, about 60-something fights between amateur boxing and kickboxing. Oh, really? It's a lot. Right? And that doesn't even include training. Right. You know, I mean, we um, had some wars. Yeah. Do I worry about it? Yeah. Um, but then I was like, I've asked people that are around me, I'm like, do I ever seem like I'm kind of punchy or no. like you mumble? I'm like, I have always kind of mumbled, but I guess <laughs> time will tell. That's uh. Yeah. 
But that's a tough one. Well, how do you handle that? Like, yeah. As well, we, we've learned a whole bunch of shit about how to take care of your brain. And, like, the more things that we learn, I mean, I mean, we've learned that you can regrow new brain cells. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and I think about, like, with our lungs, for example. Like, people who smoke, they've shown that if you quit smoking, usually within seven years, like, your lungs are back to normal. There's, like, a kind of a point of no return. But our body's always regenerating and healing itself. Like, is the brain the same way? Like, I know they say it's irreparable damage, but if, the, if, we're, if we're learning that there are certain areas where we can grow new brain cells like can we do some good for long like you know we stop getting punched in the head and for the next 20 years really take care of our brain does that reverse some shit i don't know i don't know either uh, i mean i don't dive deep into the understanding or science of it but it's probably not good that you're getting punched in the head all the time and but like mma is not like i see so many people that don't want to spar right now yeah. Like, and they don't want to ever spar. But I'm like, if this, you're truly worried about getting hit in the head and brain damage, you shouldn't do it. Shouldn't do it. You at can't. all. Like, you can't worry about your health at all. Right. Yeah. The second that you're like, man, I can't spar because of this reason, this reason, like, you need to not do this. Yeah. So this is like, you're absolutely going to get hit in that. That's the name of this game is render your opponent unconscious. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> like you got to be smart, right? You don't want to hurt yourself. If you're going to do it, you, yeah, you ha- you have to be smart about it. But like, but when I do believe in, in sparring hard sometimes. Like a lot of people are like, I don't want to go too hard. And I really value that when I went to like boxing gyms and how fatiguing it was and like, yeah. Um, then I could go to like you know St. Charles, and sometimes it it wasn't an all out fight, and I never get tired. Then I'd spar three rounds with boxers. That it was a fight. Yeah, and I think I was that's important, guess. especially in the beginning. Yeah, and like I think right before the fight, the like I think the best way to get in shape is that it's really hard to replicate fighting without fighting. Yeah, so it's like this catch twenty two, right? It's it like is. There's, there's this fine line to walk. I feel like in the beginning of your career. Yeah, it's, you have to understand. You got to get those rounds in. Yeah. I feel like it's important. And like you said, if you're going to do this, then you got to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like for me, I started having those thoughts about my brain, which yeah. was like, oh, man, like maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. But you can't have those thoughts. Like no good fighter does. You got to put your own health to the wayside. Right. You know what I mean? But in the beginning, you really need to – it's like baptism by fire. And I think like Robbie Lawler said, like he was probably a big catalyst of it. He's like, I don't, I don't spar, spar anymore. anymore. And mm-hmm. actually I was kind of in that camp to where I really, towards the end of my care, like uh career, like stop sparring as much. But I feel like when you're more experienced and you really do know how to fight and you have been in those wars, like, do you need it as often? Like in the beginning, I think you really need it. And towards the end, it's like, I mean, maybe once or twice, but maybe not as much. Like, do you, do you need it as often? I'm sure it probably varies on person. It definitely varies know. on the person. Because, like, I think it's really hard to replicate the timing of fighting without sparring. Yeah. When you look at kind of like how the ties spar. It's very, like, slow, and they pop each other. And then, like, some people just can't spar hard or, like, light. They're like, all right. They just plug you. I'm like, all right, now I'm going to hit you back hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Which brings me to the point of, like, so talking to Quentin O'Brien, like, yeah. him and Julius, when they train, like, yeah. they have planned hard spar rounds. They're like, yeah. all right, well, this week we're doing three or four, however many, hard. Mm-hmm. from the ge- So that way, like, to your point, there's not this escalation of where it's like, all right, I'm going a little bit light, and then you blast me, mm-hmm. and then, then now I blast what? you, and then now it escalates. It's like, all right, no, we're both going to go hard. So now you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. So now you're tighter. You're, you're doing things better, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's it's agreed upon. So then then there's there's no emotion now because yeah. you're expecting it. I don't know, like my heart around. Sometimes I'd go with guys with like I loosely knew. So it wasn't that weird. Like if I punch this guy hard, I don't care. I know he's gonna try to take my head off too. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, because I did well in my first few pro boxing matches. Then, like, you know, I tried to get in the circles of some better boxers. Fine. There's levels of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I brought up, uh, Darwin Price. I think he's doing really well as a pro now. He's uh-huh. won a bunch of fights. And I was training with Mike Wood, and he brought him in the spar with me. And, like, he would pop me and move, and I, like, I felt the punch. Now he's over there. I was like, "Oh man, there's definitely levels of this." Dude, yeah, angles and speed. Oh, speed and yeah, the speed between Power. like a, a legitimate pro boxer is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here's the thing though, uh, boxing. So MMA, there is more ways to get like 
to to be damaged, right? Like yeah. to get hurt in the way of like maybe they kick your leg or uh-huh. you know you got more weapons in MMA. Yeah. But like to your point, like boxing, I feel like is more dangerous because while there is more ways to get hurt in MMA, I feel like you also have more ways to defend yourself than boxing. Like if you're beating me up in boxing, I can't just tie you up. Maybe for like a second, right? But in box in MMA, I can at least grab you, post you on the cage, take, was, maybe take you down, hold on to you. Slow that was it down. always the argument when we first started, right? Is like that, uh, you know, there's more grappling aspect, and you're just not sitting there trading punches to the head. But we're seeing some of these guys now. Like, look at poor BJ. Doesn't seem like he's having some troubles. Yeah, well, you can. It's hit. like the first generation of uh, guys that are like phasing out of the sport and we're we're seeing what's happening to him. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's tough. I just feel like if I can defend myself in more ways, I have a better chance. Yeah, I mean, everyone everyone knows, like, boxing wasn't good for you. You'd always see the guys at the gym that were trainers now and their s- speech was slurred. And yeah, it doesn't help that that Russian kid died. Was he Russian? Oh, yeah, that just happened. In yeah, the, he's yeah. 28. That's... That's unfortunate, but I mean that legitimately happens in pretty much all sports. It's too. a part of it, yeah. dude. You know, it's it's uh, fortunately it's it's not the like the normal. You know what I mean? I'm surprised it doesn't happen more. Yeah, fortunately it doesn't. But you get like there's a lot more testing now, man. And that's a double-edged sword because it's like harder for promoters to put on shows when you have to do as much testing. Like when I it's more expensive. Box in New York, I had to get an MRI and all that stuff. It's yeah. You know, have you have you fought in Illinois? Not since I was an amateur. Oh, dude, they have one of the most. It's just. I've dealt I don't with. Know what I want to I've say. seen the commission. Yeah. Working for Bellator, I've seen like uh, the commission run things. I know they're. Uh, they're difficult. Yeah, I think that's the general consensus. Is they're a little more difficult. Yeah, like they wanted you to get like, uh, you had to get, an eye exam from an optometrist. I believe I can't remember what the difference is in eye eye mm-hmm. doctors, but there's two different eye doctors. I think one's an optometrist and the other is something else. And you had uh, to go to you had to go to one over the other. Like gotta, I had to get that test once, and the lady definitely messed it up. Oh my god! They they you know they dilate your pupils. Yeah. They put out a screen where you have to like say this pops out, this pops out. No. Nah. And the girl did it wrong. Oh really? And yeah. Hopefully she doesn't get in trouble. I'll name no names. But I was like, hey, <laughs> I won't tell on you if you just pass me right now. She yeah. Went, okay. We're, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're cool. And dude, I passed. <laughs> that works out. Yeah, dude. I got my eyes dilated, bro. And I'm just like flying blind the rest of the day. Just, I went to the store. I probably should have been driving yeah, around. Yeah, I was just talking to Joe Mueller. He fought on Lion Fights. And yeah. he showed up there. And I guess the the assistant signed off on the paperwork. And then he had to go get, like, a doctor to sign off, and it was a whole process right before the fight. Those things always tend to happen, too. It's always more stress on stress. Yeah, man. That's so weird how that works, too. It's like you would think, well, I mean, the goal is to make that day as smooth as possible. Right. But sometimes it seems like the the commission is, like, set out to be difficult. (laughs) Yeah. I think sometimes, like... They definitely want to show their authority and yeah, that power. But, I mean, sometimes they have to. Maybe it's maybe something just slid under the radar, and they're like, "Oh, that wasn't good." Now we have to really crack down on it. I think there's definitely like good intent behind a lot of it. Yeah, but sometimes I think people just like to have authority too. People do like authority. People do like authority. So, dude, how are you? Like, what's your training like these days? Because you're you're teaching. How many classes a week are you teaching? And you're Refing and competing, like um, teach three up at St. Charles in the morning, and sometimes I get good training, and sometimes I don't. Like sometimes Are you I rolling feel, with the class. Um, yeah, I I mean I did a few today, but like it's hard because like sometimes if you're teaching, I feel like I'm taken away from other people's experience. If I like, hey, I'm where I'm gonna go in the middle, and I'm gonna roll, and same thing in my gym is like sometimes I don't like to like I try to teach class. I feel bad if I don't teach if i just we kind of just roll but uh it it comes down to like me if i want to roll or not that day but I'm, i've been trying to roll more consistently because you know obviously i gassed out of worlds but i wouldn't say like i don't have like a real training schedule like you're just always training yeah i'm, I'm always kind of training and but then I I try to help people the best I can yeah. with their whatever they're doing. Well, when you're traveling to all these different cities, because you're always in a different city, I feel like, are you hitting up any of these gyms 
taking technique classes or hitting their open mats or anything like that? Most of the time it's weekends, and most of the time it is open mats. Yeah. But, yeah, sometimes I do get, you know, like in Omaha, I got some good training, but a lot of times it's like I'm just in and out. Like, yeah. And sometimes when I'm reffing, if, like, if me competing saves a division, you know, I compete. Yeah. Like, you know, this weekend there's one brown belt that showed up, and he wants to compete. They're like, all right, you want to go? So, yeah, and they go. And then another one showed up. They're like, oh, never mind. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> They're big, too. I was kind of happy. This big old 200-pound guy. Oh, shit. Oh. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll give him hell. But That'd then someone else showed up. Fucking absolute division. Mm. I I think I'm done with absolute <laughs> division. It took me a long time to even understand what absolute division was. It's just yeah. a fucking free-for-all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, in Chicago, I, like, I drew the ultra-heavy the first round, and he just, like, Muay Thai clinched me and set me down. <laughs> my neck hurt the next day. I'm like... I'm not sure I'm going to do it anymore. I normally bail. Like, I didn't do it in New Orleans because it was, like, way after the event. Like, I we competed at 2 or 3. Then, like, it went at 6, and everyone's, like, in New Orleans for the first time. They're like, I could tell I was getting the job. Like, hey, do you uh, do you really want to do this? I'll pour it to Yeah, I'll pour it to you. I mean, I don't care either way, but it – it's it's two thirty now. Like okay, let's go. It's your choice, man. <laughs> <Kill> your- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it too. Like that's the cool thing about going to do tournaments is you always get to see different cities and yeah. different experiences. Yeah, the community is huge. Mm, yeah, it's you can go almost anywhere in the world do jujitsu. You know, surprisingly, like how often I I raff, I see kids from Tampa. I saw the same same the two kids in Las Vegas that I saw in Tampa. Really, I'm like man, these. Young kids, 13, 14 years old. Oh, my man, they're... We're in a different time, dude. We got people who are just legitimately only doing jujitsu from the time they're, like, eight. Yeah, and I I had one of those kids in my gym, and I hope you listen to this. He was really good, and he's like, he was training with Ezra for three or four years, and he lived right down the street from my gym. And yeah. He was getting really good, and, like, yeah, he's getting better and better, and they just... He's like 15, 16 years old. Mm, Girlfriend. Girlfriend, car, Mm. friends, yeah. See, it's like the thing with starting that young is you you definitely want to prevent burnout. Yeah. It's like just keep them on the mat. You know what I mean? It's it's tough, though, when you do something for that long. Mm, Yeah. It really is. But, man, if you can keep those kids in it. Sometimes I feel like the best time to start isn't that young, but more like 10 to 12 range. Right, yeah, because my – nephew and like i think he's four now i was like he's gonna be like my trial for my own kids like i'm gonna see how it goes with him yeah yeah Yeah. i started my daughter in jujitsu um i guess it's been two and a half years now coming up on three years so i think she was she's nine now so she was six does she ask to come to class does she get excited for it first it's kind of like when she started it was just kind of like whatever and then like she wasn't kind of feeling it but then she hit this groove where she was really enjoying it and things were clicking and Mm she's and then like she kind of got burned out a little bit she's like "Ah, i'm done with this so like i gave him a break over the summer but um she doesn't really have much of a choice like i feel like girls just need to do jujitsu absolutely you know what i mean like there's no fucking so i don't care about her getting burned out because even if she gets burned out at 16 like, she still has all these years of jujitsu, and yeah. something's going to stick. Just even with if you train six months, like, how much you could defend yourself a little bit. Just a, li- just a little bit of knowledge goes a long it's way, like, dude. I think if, uh, you know, an altercation happened, if you could freeze them up for two to three minutes, that's all it takes. Yeah. I mean, realistically, a, a small girl, even a trained, isn't going to, like, fend off, attack her flying arm bar. But, like, she could slow them down and tangle them up for a short time, like – few yeah. minutes and that could save your life yeah dude maybe maybe somebody comes by maybe yeah. you help maybe you do submit yeah, them maybe you do maybe you do break something maybe you do tap them out yeah. you know what i mean cross collar choke mm. is probably one of the most like relevant things because whether it's a shirt or a jacket or a hoodie you can usually maybe try to grab onto that yeah. or maybe the guy's like oh she knows what she's doing i'm bailing maybe <laughs> yeah so yeah so she doesn't have a choice now my son the ultimate goal is i really want him to wrestle Right. Like yeah. I really want that. And I've from my experience is wrestling is more intense right. in the competitive yeah. aspect than jujitsu, mm-hmm. like just the community. So I didn't want to put him in wrestling because of that. Yeah. And so he's been doing jujitsu since he was like eight. And now that he's he's eleven now, he's in sixth grade. Like I'm gonna start getting him more into wrestling. He's already done grappling, he's already done yeah. but now it's like, all right, dude, now we're about to start turning That's it up. Like 
What other sport are you out there doing your thing and your dad's three feet away yelling at you? Dude. <laughs> I, I ref one little league wrestling tournament. I was like, done. Like, It's tough, dude. Those dads who take their kids off to the corner. Yeah. Like, it's like, bro, he's five. Like, <laughs> he don't care right now. Yeah, it's cool. He doesn't have to be a world champ. <laughs> Man, even some, like, very, I'd say at least one time a tournament, especially roughing kids, that's where you have the most problems. Yeah. It's like, Parents. even this weekend, it's just like, you know, somebody, Parents get upset. They want to like, they want their kid to win. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm not purposely. If you feel like I cheated your kid, not cheating your you kid. You have no agenda. And most of the time, the coaches are always cool and understand. But sometimes, if like, I see it often. If like, a little boy loses to a girl. Yeah. Dads don't like that. Yeah. It's like what? Yeah. Billy. My <laughs> issue would be is like not that I like because I actually had as a parent and a little bit of a coach. I was not very happy with Naga. Not like last year when they came the roughing yeah just the whole experience the whole staff i got there and it felt like very bad energy like they didn't want to be there and like you're bothering them it's like Mm -hmm. what and then even the refs i didn't feel good about the refs i feel like they're being lazy and making bad calls not that they had an agenda for anybody but it was just like they didn't care and they were being complacent i'm just like dude I, i won't do another fucking naga because of it dude but it's like it can be personal as a parent like you but you shouldn't take it personally like right. I don't think they had an agenda. I just think they're being lazy. But they're human. Right? Yeah. They. I don't even know. I think they could have drove all night. Something could have happened. They, Anything could have happened. Know, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to take it personal. But I just know I didn't like the experience. <laughs> yeah. Their point system's a little screwy. Naga. Yeah, it's yeah. a little different. I don't. Um, I was up there for the last one in St. Louis, and I didn't quite understand the. It's definitely different. Yeah, well, they were the only show in town for so long. Right. I think yeah. it's I think it's cool they do the swords for kids. I, I still think that's pretty reasonably dangerous, right? Re- <laughs> hey, you know they're dull. They're dull, bro. <laughs> only takes one kid to sharpen that shit. Right. <laughs> Side rubbing it on the concrete. Oh. <laughs> look, mom. Look what I can do. Right. Holy shit, bro. But they're it's expensive. Like think like it's a it's a rather expensive event for a kid, I guess. What is jujitsu? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's why sometimes parents gets like invest super invested. in It is expensive like, as a whole. Fun. Yeah, I mean classes aren't cheap, and yeah. then tournaments aren't cheap. Which is that's the flip side to wrestling. Wrestling cheaper. tournaments are yeah. super cheap. Right. Like yeah. twenty, thirty bucks for a wrestling tournament. Yeah. Like yeah. every weekend. You like it's probably uh, that's why it's almost hard to talk some kids into competing versus others. Like some want to, but you're like yeah, like. And then if they lose, they get real disappointed, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really worry. The The competition, especially depending on how old they are, is not, right. it's not the most important. You got to learn to lose. That's one of the most important things. Yeah. That's hard for a parent. Like, mm-hmm. as a parent, you don't want to see your kid losing. Yep. Yeah. How do you feel like that with your – I mean, you're a coach. Yeah. You, I don't care. You got a whole you, bunch of kids. As long as you just don't give up, you know, like, or if you uh, you just go out there and – quit as long as you you put forth an effort yeah that's frustrating when you see somebody like visibly quit yeah i've had even kids like come out on the mat like real scared and crying like they don't want to do it, and their parents force them out there i've told like a little girl once i'm like hey you don't have to do this yeah it's I'm tough like, though it's like okay well but their parents are trying to teach them a lesson like, right you committed this so you do it but like i don't want to drag this poor little girl screaming like, i don't want to do this and, like, <laughs> you're doing it <laughs> <laughs> we're here we paid for it yeah got Shit. the got the t-shirt and everything yeah man i don't know it's a fine line it's a fine line but just is what it is, dude. Some of those kids turn out to be fucking savages. Askren, Ben Askren, Max Askren. Right. <laughs> those, those guys wrestled from like the time they were who like however young and killers. Mm-hmm. I mean, up until recently. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I fucks with Ben. I want to have him on the show. I think he's just so smart. From he's just got an interesting mind about it. Exactly. Right? He just he has a very interesting like mental approach to athletics. Yeah, and he, like. Everyone dogs from that fight, but that happens. Like, what if it would have played out different? You know, it's totally know. a part of it, dude. Like, you know, you got to put yourself on the line. So many people don't even know what that's like. It is so crushing to train for months. Yeah, and be over so fast. Yeah, for this single event. Even right. if you went the whole three right. rounds and lost, a loss sucks, mm-hmm. period. Yeah, that's that's another thing about MMA. You build it up for so long, and it's either an awesome experience or a letdown. Yeah, 
Huge Dang. letdown. Right? You let everyone down. All your friends are there. Dude. That's your, the worst part. Mom's there. You're forced to sell all these tickets. Right. <laughs> I would rather just fight in a big arena and not have to sell tickets. Right. Personally. Because, like, the more intimate the show, like, you can feel it. And you can really hear these motherfuckers. Yeah, that's like when you're started off an amateur. I remember, like, some of my first fights, like, all my high school friends are, like, one foot from the cage. And you're like, I'm not done lose. But when you fight... Big arenas, it's almost like you don't even notice them. It's almost like you're alone. Yeah, it's like you're alone. Like That's, yeah, that's much better. For me, it's like you just kind of slip into this flow state a whole lot easier. Or if you just fight in another country, they're like, yeah, hey, they don't even know who's going to win or lose. If yeah. they don't find the stream, I ain't posting it. That's <laughs> true. How many countries have you fought in? A couple, right? Um, was it Col- two. Colombia? And Brazil. And Brazil? Yeah. Yeah, I bet those are some yeah. dope experiences. Yeah, they're, they're definitely different. <laughs> they're pretty fun. I was a... I think I was the first American to fight in Colombia. Oh, really? Well, there's like three Americans on the card, and I was one of them. So okay, it was pretty cool to say I was the first American. Were you the first of the three on the card? I was not. Oh, I think I was the last. Oh, I don't remember. You're third American, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, close enough. That's dope. Yeah, that's, that's dope. That's why, like, at least for me, like, that's one of the reasons why I want to get into fighting mm-hmm. was to travel and do stuff like that. Yeah, I've seen places I never thought I'd see. Yeah, doing Dude, this stuff. Charles Johnson's living in Brazil or Thailand for the next year. That's pretty cool because of fighting. Mm-hmm. Like you've been all over the country. Yeah, all of, in a couple of different countries because yeah. of fighting. Yeah, like I've cornered EJ in Australia. Oh yeah, you've you've been like so you've fought in two countries, but yeah. you've been far more places just like cornering and coaching. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You're like, man, didn't think this would be here. Did you ever see yourself in this role as a coach, like in the capacity that you are? Because like that's, I mean, you're coach Coach Huff right now. Bro. I don't, I don't feel like that. I don't know. Um, it's cool. It's a cool experience that happened. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. It was uh, for me. Let me ask you. Was it was it a hard transition to make that from like competitor to coach? Like, mentally, was that a hard transition for you? In terms of, like, MMA, like, coaching people for MMA, um, I wouldn't say hard. Like, I still consider myself a competitor. Yeah. Like, I don't – I try not to take, like, the full-on, like, coach role. Like, I do, but I don't. Yeah. But, like, putting people – I don't like people, like, that I train, that I've become friends with fighting. It's, it's like – too scary. I, I tell everyone like all the time, like I'm retiring from coaching. <laughs> yeah. Like a jujitsu match, I'm like, oh, you might pop your ankles. Like, that's fine. We can deal with that. Yeah. But, like, MMA is like these people like I lead them in there, and if something like if something happens that like I feel like I didn't address or this, like man, is it on me? Yeah. It's scary. It's not all on you, but there's less control there, right? It's it's really frustrating if you're training a guy and you're you're trying to coach him and they like they don't live up to their end. Like they don't show up as much as you'd like or. Yeah. You're giving more than they are. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Am I coaching you or are you coaching yourself? Right. Yeah, do you just fire those athletes? Say, Hey man, I can't coach you. Kind of. I mean, like, I don't, don't want to fire them, but I'm like, you know, sometimes I have a conversation. Be Gotta like, have that hard talk. Yeah. I have no problem being super <laughs> honest with you. Like, Hey, you're, you're doing this, and this isn't a result in this. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one thing you fucking are, dude, is honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I've run to people. If they ask me, I'm like, what do you think? I'm like, you're going to lose. I'm like, you're kind of lazy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no sugar coating yeah. at all. Hey, man, that's why you're the huffster, bro. I guess. Uh, I don't know, dude. Well, hey, dude, it's been an hour. Really? Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I told you, dude. I told you. Let's wrap this up. Um, floor is yours, man. So tell the folks how they can uh, come to your gym, tell them about the gym, plug, promo, anything that you want. Uh, coach at Arnold BJJ. That's down Arnold. Uh, ArnoldBJJ.net. Then I teach morning classes at St. Charles MMA, Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings at 10. And uh, don't have to be like uh, an athlete. Everyone's like, I got to get in shape before I do it. I hate just, that. No, just come in. You'll pro- I promise you'll get in shape. You'll get in shape doing it. Or they they want to like go and work out first. Like it's really easy to get in shape. Like if someone's trying to choke you. Like, yeah, it no really one, is. When you're bench pressing, no one's like, if you don't get this next rep, I'm gonna choke you. And it's a different type of shape. Yeah. Right. It's not the same thing. It's not the same level of intensity. What about uh, 
socials any handles you want to plug or anything like that i'm not i mean yeah. do you care or yeah. i mean where can people if they want to follow the page online or yeah i have a facebook page um arnold bjj arnold bjj yeah. you get arnold bjj on instagram as well yeah i just post random pictures nothing too cool you know, <laughs> how people do in tournaments and stuff yeah, i mean you got like a world champion savage in dakota zimmerman Doing, yeah. Yeah. And didn't uh, do good in Vegas. But it happens. You can't win them all. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough lesson, right? And I think for somebody of like that caliber athlete, mm -hmm. like who has that much success, yeah. like you really have to have those. Like you, those it, it's, she's it gonna works. grow more from that. She had a hard time like getting the weight down and ran a lot and it's a learning experience. Like, hey man, this is gonna she's gonna go up a weight class, so that's okay. good. Yeah. A lot of people in tournaments, like, that's that's what I love about competitions. You get those learning experiences. Like, I had a guy do the in-house tournament yesterday, and he wasn't very satisfied with his – he's like, man, I'm – he sent me a message. He's like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to change. I'm going to take it more serious. I didn't like that feeling. So that's why I value competition. It's like you learn those lessons right off the bat, and it's like a written test. Like, oh, I suck at this position. I can't get out. i got to learn that. So oh, that's yeah. what – it's like – Someone told me long ago, it's like each tournament's like, you know, three months of training or however you view it. But as a coach, it's super easy to access where you're at. Like, oh, Jimmy here doesn't know anything from half guard. He got crushed. Yeah. So now we can do that. You know? Yeah. And also we have this tendency to uh, live in a delusion sometimes where you kind of lie to yourself a little <laughs> bit. You know what I mean? But then it's like, oh, man, like I'm not taking it serious enough. Or yeah. it's like, oh, man, coach has been telling me I'm not very good at half guard, and mm. here's the real-time feedback. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, dude. You Nothing's like walking off the mat. You're like, oh, man, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true, man. Shit. Well, right on, man. Um, I think that's it, my man. All right, thank you. Appreciate All it. All right, everybody, Till next time. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed that. If you are getting value out of the podcast, do me a solid. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, go tell a friend or leave a rating, leave a review, a five-star rating and review. Also, go tell a friend. Help us grow this thing. Um, those ratings and are, are huge. Those reviews are, I mean, I can't thank you guys enough for those. Those help us move up in the rankings so people can find us easier. And a uh, big shout-out to Convergence Media Group. We partnered with them to help expand and improve the video experience. And if you would like to check them out, you can go to ConvergenceMG.com. You can also go to ConvergenceMG across all social platforms. They work with a variety of companies in all different industries all over the country. And what they do is they help with branding and marketing and strategy and just increasing your internet presence so super stoked to be working with them and uh, as always go to imposedwill.com this episode and every episode is brought to you by imposed will you can save 10 percent off the imperil by using the code outside we are all capable of imposing our will and we're building a community of people who just want to get the most out of life. And we're here to help you do that. So go to imposedwill.com. And, uh, you know, guys, I think that's all I have for you. I will see you all next time. Love you. Bye. Mwah.